Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest Northern Rose Fulbright Regulation Tomorrow Plus podcast. My name is Simon Lovegrove, Global Director of Financial Services Knowledge. And in this podcast, I'm joined by Hannah Meakin, a partner in our London Financial Services team, and Harris Karosta, an associate in our London team. Today, we're going to focus on recent UK developments regarding the promotion of crypto assets. Now, by way of background, as many of our listeners would have seen on our Regulation Tomorrow blog, On 7th of June this year, the government published the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000 Financial Promotion Amendment Order 2023, which is the statutory instrument which extends the scope of the UK's financial promotion regime to cover crypto assets. The day after the statutory instrument was published, the FCA published Policy Statement 23.6, which sets out the near final FCA rules that will apply to such communications together with a guidance consultation. Anna, when the FCA's near final rules come into force on the 8th of October this year, there will be four routes to lawfully communicate crypto asset promotions to UK consumers. Very briefly, what will these routes be? Yeah, that's right. Um, Four ways of communicating uh, invitations or inducements to people in the UK to essentially uh, engage in crypto asset activity in terms of buying or selling uh, cryptocurrencies. Um, So the four routes are, first of all, um, if you are authorised by the FCA, you will be able to communicate these types of financial promotion. Second uh, possibility is that you are not authorised by the FCA, but you are registered with the FCA under the money laundering regulations. And as we know, there are a number of uh, crypto exchanges and crypto custodians on the FCA's uh, list for that purpose. Um, Number three possibility is that you can rely on an exemption from the financial promotion order. And the fourth situation in which you'd be able to communicate a crypto asset financial promotion is if you are not yourself authorised by the FCA, but you have got somebody who is authorised by the FCA, a firm that's authorised by the FCA to approve your communication for these purposes. And um, the important point to note is that this, you know, these restrictions and therefore these kind of four ways in which communications have to be made apply to anybody who's communicating financial promotions either in or into the UK, regardless of where they are located. So even if you are based uh, somewhere very far away from the UK, you would still need to be complying with these obligations, with this restriction and these, these ways of communicating if you want to communicate with people in the UK. Thanks, Hannah. We'll go through the options one by one in a moment. But first, Harris, uh, can you confirm which crypto assets are within scope? Sure. Thanks, Simon. Hello, everyone. So a qualifying crypto asset is any crypto asset which is fungible and transferable. So the fungible criteria should rule out many non-fungible tokens. A crypto asset should then be treated as transferable, where it either confers transferable rights or a communication is made in relation to the crypto asset that describes it as being transferable or as conferring transferable rights. So important to note, though, that even if you have a fungible and transferable crypto asset, there are some carve-outs. These include um, discount crypto assets that constitute electronic money, fiat currency, digitally issued fiat currency, or a crypto asset which can be used to acquire a limited range of goods and services. 
Okay, thanks, Harris. Given that we now know what type of crypto asset is within scope, let's go through the four options now. Option one was you can communicate the financial promotion if you're an authorized firm. How does this work, Hannah? Yeah, so FCA authorized firms are generally permitted to communicate financial promotions provided they comply with the FCA's rules. The main purpose of which is to ensure that the financial promotions are fair, clear and not misleading. The FCA has recently enhanced its rules for what it describes as high risk investments and it has now confirmed that it will treat crypto financial promotions as restricted mass market investments for these purposes. So this means that they'll be subject to essentially the same rules as those that apply to non-listed securities with just a few tweaks. Um, and this is really kind of what's set out in detail in the policy statement that the FCA published last week. So policy statement 23.6. So we won't go through um, all of the rules in this podcast because they're quite a lot and they're quite detailed, but um, just to kind of give the macro picture, there are some kind of uh, general rules that apply to crypto asset financial promotions uh, being communicated to retail clients, which include, for example, a ban on incentives to invest in crypto assets, uh, clear risk warnings being included with each financial promotion, um, uh, using prescribed wording that's been provided by the FCA and risk summaries that are specific to the qualifying crypto assets in question, um, also accompanying the financial promotions. And then there are additional rules for what the FCA describes as direct offer financial promotions. So those are the ones that specify the manner in which somebody might respond to that communication. And those include things like personalized risk warnings, um, that pop up uh, when you say you want to hear more about the, the crypto asset or the service that's being provided and they actually mention the name of the investor specifically and also a 24-hour cooling off period before the promotion or further promotions can be shown to the investor so that they have a chance to think about whether they actually want to proceed with the um, learning more about the potential uh, investment. And so firms that are communicating crypto asset financial promotions um, will need to make sure that they set up their systems to comply with these, these new rules that will be coming into place. Thank you, Hannah. As you say, the details in the policy statement. It's also worth remembering that the guidance consultation, which should be considered alongside the policy statement, is important in that it seeks feedback on proposals for guidance on how the SCA approaches and how firms will comply with the regulators requirement that crypto asset financial promotions must be fair, clear and not misleading. So option two was for persons that are registered with the FCA under the 2017 money laundering regulations. Harris? Yeah, thanks, Simon. So this is an interesting option which has been designed specifically for this purpose and only recently became a reality. The point is that the FCA has registered over 40 crypto exchanges and custodial wallet providers. And although they were assessed primarily for their abilities to combat financial crime, the FCA has now undertaken a certain amount of due diligence on their business more generally, such that they can now accept that they should be able to communicate their own financial promotions relating to crypto assets. The general feeling is that there won't be many authorized firms that are willing or actually able to approve financial promotions. And um, these registered firms under the money laundering regulations are likely to have more relevant expertise. So 
this option has now been built into the regime as an exemption. That is, at least until these registered firms become authorized when uh, HM Treasury extends the licensing regime. Um, just to clarify, these crypto asset businesses registered under the money laundering regulations do not have to apply for any separate or further permission to communicate their own promotions. But as Hannah mentioned earlier, the financial promotions prepared and communicated by these firms will need to follow the detailed FCA rules on crypto asset promotions and their internal systems and controls will need to be updated to comply with these rules. Um, finally, just to note, um, these registered businesses are only able to communicate their own promotions. They cannot, for example, approve the promotions of other crypto asset firms. And um, the FCA generally um, has some extended powers now in relation to these registered businesses communicating their own promotions, um, including on rulemaking, supervisory and enforcement powers that will enable the FCA to basically regulate uh, these registered firms broadly in the same way as the um, authorized firms are um, regulated with respect to financial promotions. Okay, thanks, Harris. Um, option three is where you seek to rely on an exemption to the Financial Services and Markets Act Financial Promotions Order 2005, commonly known as the FPO. Hannah, there are many exemptions in the FPO, but how many of them will actually be useful for these purposes? Yes, uh, well, that that is true, but I think that's also a good question. Um, so there are some very useful exemptions in the FPO if what you want to do is communicate with institutional investors, but not so many that enable you to communicate with individuals or retail clients. And in addition to that, the a couple of the exemptions that are sometimes used with the more sophisticated or high net worth type of individuals um, in relation to traditional uh, financial instruments or asset classes are actually going to be, um, well, they, they wouldn't work in relation to crypto assets. And so they're being specifically disapplied for crypto assets. So that kind of reduces the scope even further. Um, so I think if what you're trying to do is communicate with retail clients, it's going to be quite difficult to rely on the exemptions, except in kind of edge cases. Um, that said, as Harris noted, option two, which we talked about, um, so being able to communicate your own financial promotion if you are a registered um, firm, that, that is technically an exemption and a new exemption from the regime. Um, and so that, that one, I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why that option is so important, because um, otherwise, I think there will be exemptions that might be useful are a bit few and far between. Interesting. Thanks, Hannah. Uh, finally, Harris, can you take us through option four? This is where persons who are not authorised by the FCA need to get an FCA authorised firm to pre-approve their communication. Yes, thanks, Simon. So approving a financial promotion means ensuring it complies with essentially the same rules as Hannah mentioned earlier. Currently, only authorized firms can approve financial promotions. To do this properly, though, a firm will need some expertise in crypto assets, assets which um, not many authorized firms have at the moment. That is because you can't get authorized for crypto asset activity um, under the current regime. So this is one of the reasons why legislation, legislation is currently being passed to amend the law so that firms can only approve financial promotions for persons outside their groups if they have a special permission to do so. Therefore, generally, we think 
this option four may not um, be so widely available in, in the future as it is today. Okay, understood. Uh, Hannah, if we could just take a step back now. In a nutshell, what do you think these changes mean for the marketing of crypto assets? So I think these changes will make it more difficult for anyone, even an authorised firm or a firm that's registered with the FCA for AML purposes, to promote their services in the UK or to prospective clients in the UK. In some cases, it may not be possible to do so legally. And where it is possible to do so, then firms will have to, companies will have to comply with some fairly strict and prescriptive uh, rules. So in theory, you know, this should ensure that clients are not lulled into buying crypto assets or using other crypto services by the promise of high returns and easy to use potentially addictive products without an, ex an adequate explanation of the risks involved and a chance for them to think, take a step back and think about whether they really want to proceed. In reality, there is a risk that some firms will try to avoid the regime, especially perhaps those who are based outside the UK and, and feel that maybe the, the likelihood of being enforced against is relatively low risk. Um, and they might argue that, you know, others may argue that clients are coming to them on a reverse solicitation basis. And, and those that are complying may, may treat it essentially as a kind of a tick box, tick box exercise. However, I think the extension of this part of the this financial promotion regime is a key part of the FCA's consumer protection efforts in relation to what it sees as a high risk asset. So I think it will be key, it will be keen to ensure that there is compliance with these rules. And as Harris mentioned earlier, the FCA is going to have additional powers to, um, you know, to, to make sure that they are being complied with. So I would say that uh, listeners should remember that um, breach of the financial promotion regime in the UK is a criminal offence, which is punishable by up to two years imprisonment um, or a fine or, or both. And so it really is a, a serious part of our regime and not one to be taken lightly. Thanks, Hannah. I agree with that. Um, Harris, could you remind our listeners as to when these new FCA rules will take effect and what should clients and contacts be doing to prepare for them? So the government had initially indicated that it will introduce a, a six-month transition period to ensure compliance with the regime. The final legislation, however, um, published last week, provides for a four-month transition, reflecting recent volatility in the crypto asset sector and the risk this presents to consumers. The legislation will uh, enter into force on the 8th of October, 2023. This doesn't leave much time, and that is especially for those firms that have not had to comply with the FCA financial promotion rules um, previously. For these purposes, we have put together a toolkit to help such firms understand what the rules mean and implement the policy and procedure so that they can comply with them on a day-to-day -day basis. Given um, all the firms must now uh, prepare to um, comply with these uh, new rules, we will be delighted to discuss this or, or our toolkit with anyone who is interested. Thanks, Harris. My thanks also to Hannah. That concludes this Regulation Tomorrow Plus podcast. We will, of course, continue track developments on our Regulation Tomorrow blog. And also, as Harris said a moment ago, we have developed a toolkit. Many thanks for listening. Take care. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.